0: Oh boy do I have a cracker of an episode for you today. I am talking with Kerry Beek who is from Hayes Health. Kerry is a nutritionist and a health coach and also one of our lovely Untrapped guides. Kerry talks everybody through issues to do with social justice and looking at health from a much wider lens than what we normally do within diet culture and Gosh, Kerry is amazing. She's such an advocate for the non-diet approach and health at every size movement. And she's she's been involved in a volunteer basis. Like, she's just done so much for the community, often without being paid. So doing things like being on forums and looking after people who are new to the non-diet approach. So... Kerry's just a lovely person and I had this epic chat with Kerry that we are going to present to you today on the topic of why diet culture is an abusive relationship. So I'll let you listen to the episode as to like how we came across this and what we came up with but my goodness it's it's a long talk. We are almost an hour I think today so you might need a couple of cups of tea listen to this one or maybe a couple of glasses of wine depending on what time of day it is and what kind of mood you're in. I do want to preface this episode with maybe a little bit of a warning to anybody out there with a history of trauma or abuse in that some of the subjects that we come across and talk about today might be triggering and I know even Kerry and I found the subject matter of comparing diet culture to being in an abusive relationship, triggering for ourselves in that we just really felt a lot of emotions and some of them were quite difficult emotions as we were having our chat. So please, you know, go ahead with listening to this episode with that in mind and make sure that you have self-care practices or support available to you if anything that we're talking about is upsetting or confronting for you. Having said that, I also think it's a very valuable episode that we have for you today in that talking about diet culture and its relevance to the topic of abuse really can help open our eyes to what's going on and improve our skills in protecting and walking away from stuff that really can harm us. So without further ado, I give you me and the wonderful Kerry. So, Kerry, thank you so much for coming on the show this week.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, what's firing you up?
1: Normally, I get fired up pretty easily. (laughs) However, this this time, it was more of a chance encounter of a post on a Facebook group that is about recovery from abuse that I joined after I left or disconnected from my own family. Yeah. And it was a post on signs of an abusive relationship and I was like, oh my goodness, this is diet culture.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's, that's huge. So here you are on a Facebook group about people who are recovering from being in abusive relationships mm-hmm. and what you see, what you come across is like a list of how I know, like how you know what are the signs of being in a toxic relationship and you're looking at it and suddenly you see diet culture.
1: Yes. Yeah. Clear as mud.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you contacted me and we had a chat about, you know, the parallels and it became increasingly obvious that diet culture, we know it's toxic. We know it's not good for mm-hmm. people, but this particular framework of looking at it as an abusive relationship is really appropriate.
1: Yeah. I hadn't ever looked at it in this way. I know you said you did. You do in some ways.
0: I do. You know, I mean, I I quite often see clients who are in abusive relationships. And so when we're talking about the characteristics of an abusive relationship and how difficult it is to get out and all the factors that kind of tie you to it, you know, quite often I'm seeing that person also because of food and eating issues. And it is impossible to ignore the parallel. And sometimes, you know, even if someone's not in an abusive relationship with another human, Talking about your relationship with diet culture as a toxic influence can help. But I have to admit, you know, when you sent me this list, it did strike a chord beyond what I expected because just seeing it all written down in black and white and then us working together on Mm -hmm. how we can kind of of bring this home a little more and tie diet culture more closely to abusive elements in relationships, like it, it is really confronting. And I think that's why it's great for us to have this conversation today, to get it out there, to kind of flesh it out and hopefully start a conversation, like a process of questioning diet culture that's even more important when we bring in this context. Absolutely. Yeah. So what we found was like we found a couple of lists and we brought it down to sort of nine points, right? Nine ways to know you're in an abusive relationship. And Mm -hmm. so what we did was we looked at those nine points and then we linked it to how you know, how diet culture is abusive in that particular way, right? Yeah. That was interesting, wasn't it?
1: Because, it was.
0: Oh, god i think we're both finding the same thing right we're finding it so confronting
1: <laughs> because, yes
0: let's just say it like no one very few people get to adulthood without being involved in an abusive relationship with a human being at some point mm. and no yeah as we're seeing in like the me too campaign oh yeah not being treated well by other people is frighteningly common and so this This could be a triggering subject to look at and maybe not something we want to look at. But, you know, it's so important to look at because if we can't see these parallels, then we are at risk of both, right? Absolutely. Yeah, what we're trying to do in Untrapped and all of this kind of non-diet work is really about getting away from abuse and oppression. So we need to look at it. We need to have the discussion. We need to open our eyes.
1: And I think it's also about us recognizing what it feels like and being able to then decide where to go from there
0: Mm, yeah because it definitely makes you feel stuff when you look at these yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. so let's dive in shall we shall we start with point number one on the list and okay I'll say it too what we're going to do with this list is we're going to put it in the show notes and we're going to kind of put it out there to the world because we'd love everyone to have this list of like signs you might be in an abusive relationship and linking it to diet culture. We want this everywhere because Mm -hmm. like knowledge is power. So it will be there. So what's on point number one?
1: So point number one that, that struck me and you had been talking in other podcasts about this nightmare of diet culture. So abusive relationships do a great job at promising a great future and then delivers a nightmare.
0: Mm-hmm, Yeah. And that's what an abusive partner does, right? I mean, we're talking about an abusive person, right? If there's an abusive person in your life, when mm-hmm. they come into your life, they certainly don't introduce themselves as an abuser. No. They, they often have heaps of charisma, and they're romantic, and they sweep you off your feet, and they promise you the world, and, like, it, it's exciting, and it's often, you know, really quick, and oh, it just offers you everything. And this is what an abusive partner tends to do. They start off looking so shiny and great, but then what actually ends up happening is really terrible. But at first it's so great.
1: And it's subtle too, because often other people are saying that they're great as well. So any mm. niggling doubts you might have will be talked down. It's like, don't be silly. You know, your own self-doubt, your own self-judgment comes in as well. So you tend to not listen to yourself. You yep. listen. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Like if a person comes along and, and they seem a bit too good to be true, you don't want to look at that. No. Yeah, we just want it to be true. And so diet culture is exactly like the charismatic abuser Mm-hmm. because diet culture offers us the world, right?
1: Anything and everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, like lose weight for good, live longer, you're going to be perfectly healthy.
1: You'll confident, be, sexy, uh, successful, <laughs> get the job of your dreams, the uh, partner of your dreams, uh, everything of your dreams.
0: Like literally everything good's going to happen if you go on this diet.
1: And it will fix global warming.
0: <laughs> Potentially, yeah. So yep. it promises the world, but then it delivers a nightmare. Diets deliver nightmares. Yeah, Because people end up in prison, like they end up in like the diet prison, food prison, exercise prison, uh, stuck in all of these destructive cycles and relationships with food, like trying to be good and then finding it impossible and suddenly binging and being, quote, unquote, bad.
1: Mm, I think that's the key. And and that's why the Untrap program, you know, I think we all related to it because we can see that diet prison, but this Uh is going that bit deeper. Where did prison come from? Yeah, yeah. What's the Um, foundation of that prison?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Toxic, abusive relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of promise. Mm. It's the beautiful promise. But when we sort of wrapped up in that beautiful promise, but we're finding it really difficult, then what happens is the diet culture blames us. It says, look, you're the one who's having the problem, not diet culture having the problem. So this is when it starts to get abusive, right? When the dream wears off a little, when the shininess wears off a bit and it's really difficult. Mm. There's no kind of support there.
1: No. And it's always the individual's fault. And the saying is when diets succeed, diets success. When diet fails, the individual's a failure. <laughs>
0: yeah. They're really good at taking the credit <laughs> and blaming you when it doesn't work. Yeah. And you know, diets deliver a nightmare. They just deliver a nightmare. Their outcome rates are shocking. In the long-term, diets are a very good predictor of weight gain, not loss over time. Mm. And dieting is also a really significant predictor of developing disordered eating and eating disorders. So yeah. that's the nightmare. They offer you the world. Life's going to be great. Life's going to be wonderful. What you'll end up with is is trapped in disordered eating cycles and feeling worse about your body.
1: I think the the interesting one is coming across some of the negative aspects of bariatric surgery and a recent one I came across was suicide risk that goes beyond nightmare
0: yeah yeah it's awful isn't it like we know that when people are in abusive relationships that they can escalate and get more violent and people can end up dead Mm. and you know I might seem to some to be a dramatic bow to draw to look at this link with bariatric surgery but people die from this surgery from the dream
1: Yeah. If one person dies, it's one too many.
0: Agree. Agree. It's not worth the risk, right?
1: No. And I I think in this, you know, the question would be is, would those people, if that wasn't the dream, would they still do it?
0: Yeah. Well, I think if the pressure wasn't so huge from diet culture, that, you know, thinness wasn't equated with all of this positivity, that we would have a very different world.
1: Yeah. Much nicer world. So that's
0: point number one, right? Point number one. Now, yep. diet culture, it promises a wonderful yep. romance and delivers, like, a terrible nightmare. That happens in an abusive relationship with a human, and it's happening with diet culture. Yeah. It just makes me hate it even more.
1: <laughs> and I know, and I know. Sort of wrapping up my own emotional experience with toxic relationships into diet culture, so there's this jumble of emotion in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. It definitely brings it up, definitely.
1: And I think that's okay, just being able to name it and share with each other, and I think that's helpful.
0: Well, name the enormity of it. Yeah. Because I think we're so used to being in diet culture and in this abusive relationship with dieting that we don't really see the deep trauma that happens when we buy this. No. Yeah. Point number two, how to know if you're in a toxic relationship or how to know if you're in an abusive relationship. Point number two is gaslighting. So this is when someone does something, but then they deny it and then they say that you're crazy <laughs> for thinking it. And gaslighting is a real hallmark of abusive relationships. It's a real form of psychological manipulation. So, and it's all about sowing seeds of doubt in your own beliefs. So you know what's true, but the abuser is so good at denying it and twisting it and putting it back on you that you just don't know which way is up. So typically, like say you're in a relationship with a narcissistic human, and a narcissistic person, quite often they cheat, they will cheat on you, but they will not admit it <laughs> and quite often accuse you of cheating on them. So even though they're the ones doing it, they're blaming you and saying that this is something you're doing. This is literally crazy making stuff because when you absolutely know that something's one way, but this person is repeatedly telling you it's another way that undoes your sense of certainty in your own thinking. You know, I had this one client who was in a terribly abusive relationship for many years and he would do very strange things. Just, just denying basic things like she would buy milk and then he would throw it away and then tell yeah. her that she hadn't bought it. Just yeah. <laughs> really, really, cry stuff like that by the end of it he painted the front door of the house red and he told her it was blue <gasps> no no and she believed him mm. by the end of it that's the ultimate in gaslighting isn't it like not knowing what's real and what's not
1: yeah and this was my life my everything in my life from within my family not all the family but a large portion of it was just that undermining that, you know, if I said the sky was blue, it was like, no, it's yellow with purple polka dots kind of Mm -hmm. reaction. And so you never do know which way Mm -hmm. is up. It's so Mm destabilising. And then you start searching everywhere for validation that something that you think or do is Mm -hmm. okay. It's got some Mm -hmm. semblance of normality to it because you just never feel normal. Yeah, It's it's, really destructive.
0: It's so destructive. And yet you don't have any faith in your own thinking and you become extremely dependent on other people for validation, like you said. And if those other people are gaslighting you, then you're in real trouble.
1: Well, the interesting thing with that though, Louise, is that (laughs) it's what got me to go to university. (laughs) I was sick of being told I didn't know what I was talking about. So it's like, right, I'll go make sure I know what I'm talking about good oh, on you, yeah. I didn't even stop it, to be honest. But it gave me that sense of, okay, yep, I'm okay. I'm on the right page. I'm not perfect. I'm yeah. screw up at times. I get things wrong. I muddle stuff up, but I'm on the right page, going in the right direction. Yeah, somewhere
0: you went to an institution that's not going to
1: gaslight you. No. Yeah. And that's how I found Hayes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's really interesting. I think a lot of people finding the non-diet approach feel like they're not being gaslighted for the first time in their lives because they're actually being told, you know what you're, what you're experiencing isn't wrong. What you're experiencing is totally normal. You know, for example, like the diet cycle not working Mm. or feeling a deep sense of shame or wondering why you can't stop binging. All of this is not abnormal. All of this is really normal in diet culture.
1: So yeah, And all those phrases like you're lazy or you're selfish or, you know, diet culture undermines your own basic sense of identity.
0: Yeah. Well, diet culture gaslights us by, I mean, what's happening right now is this isn't a diet. Mm. (laughs) Diet culture is like not changed. It's not changed in over a hundred years. It still wants us to get thinner and to pursue thinness, but it's now telling us that this is not diet. Mm -hmm. not dieting this is healthy lifestyle or this is body love you know weight watchers are doing it we were talking about that in the last podcast about how they're telling us that this is not a diet but then here's the diet and here's the weight loss message how gaslighting is that and And they also do the um love your body
1: oh yeah
0: but here's my plan to change it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah your body's fine but you just need to change it like
0: that's gaslighting totally yeah because the some impact of it is that you end up feeling self-doubt and you feel confused like well is this a diet or you know can I love my body and but I still need to lose weight right so Mm. confusion like the kind of thing with gaslighting is that if you feel confused a lot of the time you're probably being gaslighted
1: and when it's a culture so when you've got a number of people collectively together so a lot of these Groups like Weight Watchers, Michelle Bridges, Ashy Bynes, all of those have their own little groups. And so, if you're part of that group and everybody is going along with this belief system, Mm -hmm. it's even harder to speak up. It's even harder to question because, as we found out with Pete Evans, if you do question, you get blocked. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so you're not allowed to have a different experience. You're not allowed to be questioning in any way. So, it's, it's yeah. gaslighting by collective.
0: Oh, it's really disturbing, isn't it? Because I just mm. thought of my client with the door. Like, imagine, mm. like, 50 people telling her yeah. the door's blue. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's really, yeah,
0: it's frightening when you think about it like that.
1: You can see how insidious and how effective gaslighting is as a diet culture technique.
0: Absolutely. And it happens again and again and again. And this is why I'm really glad we've done this list and we want to, like, get it out there because... Yeah. You know, gaslighting hurts and gaslighting makes us feel confused. But if we can at least name, actually, you know what? This is gaslighting. Then we might have a little bit of power. Mm. What you're telling me doesn't match what I know in my own experience. And rather than not trust my own experience, I'm not going to trust you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. (laughs) That's the voice in the head that we want. <laughs>
0: but this is the voice in our head that gets destroyed by yeah. abusive relationships, yeah, and that's what we're trying to undo by this non-diet approach. So um, point number three that we had is abusers like to accuse you of doing things that you're not doing <laughs> or doing things that they're doing. So that's the cheating example, right, mm-hmm. telling um yeah, And so projection in a narcissistic abuse relationship is so. like I said about the cheating, they have a really narcissists have a really deep centered sense of not being worthy and not being good enough because Mm. they have a personality Mm. disorder that's so fundamental and so intractable. It's unchangeable, but so it's kind of like they can't really be completely human, but at some place inside them, they kind of know that. And so they have this sort of sense of I'm not good enough and just, being not okay. And they project that onto their partners. So if you have a narcissistic parent, for example, they will inflict that time and time again onto their child. So that by the time the child is sort of in their teens, they have a really entrenched sense of not being okay in some way or being deficient in some way. That belief feels real, but it's mm. actually something that you've just been taught mm. by someone who's very damaged.
1: Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's really helpful, have been doing this process with you, is that you've got that psychological background and that experience and that being able to give a definition to these terms, I think is hugely beneficial because we hear them thrown around, but we may not understand them. So getting these really good definitions, I think, will help.
0: Yeah, Yeah, no, definitions do help. If someone's projecting something onto you, you can kind of, it's hard if you've grown up with it in your family because it'll feel so real. Mm. But if you are coming across an abuser for the first time, (laughs) God help you, the projection will be thrown at you and it'll be a surprise to be like, what? That's odd. I'm not cheating on you or I don't think like that. And if that's happening, catch that surprise and know that that's him or her throwing that at you. And it's an element of abuse that can be very dangerous because added up on top of each other, it can become the truth, just like gaslighting. So you'll start to kind of believe that you're cheating or start to believe that you're not worthy of trust or not worthy full stop.
1: Or even if you've just had little thoughts or, and I guess we're all human, we might think, oh, that person's pretty good looking. So you start to question even normal behaviour as being somehow problematic. That's
0: exactly right. Yeah, exactly so, right.
1: Yeah. You know, you can look hard enough, you can find an example of you being quote unquote bad, mm. but is it really?
0: No, 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 it's not. It's just in the abuser's interest to capitalise on any self-doubt or insecurity that you might have Yeah. and grow it like a plant because they want it big so you won't go anywhere. Exactly. So... And this happens in diet culture. This projection happens in diet culture all the time and it makes me so effing angry. So when diets don't work, we get blamed. And mm-hmm. the projection from diet culture is that it's our fault. Yep. We're not trying hard enough. That's, yeah. a, that's a projection from diet culture because we know that when a diet doesn't work, this is not within the fault of the individual. Even if people actually stick to diets, Mm-hmm. people tend to regain the weight that they've lost. Our body is so good at defending where it feels comfortable. So this has absolutely nothing to do with the will of the individual everything to do with the kind of incredible nature of our bodies to reach homeostasis. But you
1: and know, it feeds into that whole, you're lying to me, you're, that's, yeah. so it's multiplying that projection. So you're feeling, you know, everyone's had an experience of lying. So when, when you're told you're lying, you know what that feels like. So you go straight back into that emotion. When you're not trying hard enough, you've been told you weren't trying hard enough, you go straight back into the emotion. So it doesn't necessarily relate to the current experience. Mm. But it's buying into that emotion that you've already felt in the past and multiplying that. Mm. So it's a really easy way in to make us feel pretty shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, being told you're lying is awful. Yeah. But in diet culture, unfortunately, health professionals often say that people in larger bodies are lying about how they look after their bodies or lying about sticking to their diet or not telling the truth. And that is projection. because the health professional cannot sit with the idea that this person is actually not doing anything wrong or this person is actually looking after themselves, you know, just like a thin person. It's the projection from diet culture of the larger person being bad or untrustworthy, lying. Weight bias is so established in diet culture and it continuously projects to larger people in the culture all this negativity.
1: And it's taught in health professionals. I've done postgraduate in counselling and I'm finishing up a master's in dietetics and we're taught it. We're taught it in dietetics essentially, mm-hmm. whether it's spoken but it's implied at the very least. Yeah, it's implicit. They lie to you mm-hmm. about what they're eating. So you, you go in expecting them to lie. So you've got all these little tricks and tools that you're supposed to use to question them because they couldn't possibly be telling you the truth.
0: Oh, that's so disturbing.
1: So it's, and I don't know that that's necessarily the intention, but if you imagine that person sitting there being questioned and if you, you've got people that can do that very well and sensitively, you can get a lot of people that can do that very poorly and in a harmful way.
0: I don't know how you accuse someone of lying well. <laughs>
1: oh, I, guess, <laughs> I guess it's more if you're trying to question and, and you can do it in a sensitive way that you're trying to just double check. And it depends on that situation. If that person's got a really significant health issue you would want to know for example if it was you know something to do with their kidneys what sort of levels of potassium and sodium they might be consuming because you want to make sure that whatever you're helping them to achieve that is going to be doable but in so many cases it's more done from the perspective of that belief system mm. that there's they're yeah,
0: there's, yeah a there's a difference, a difference between difference. curiosity yeah and coming at something with a projection The intent. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Curiosity is going to get you somewhere. Projection is yes. just going to wreak havoc with the relationship and not get you anywhere good.
1: Yeah, you can't have a, a relationship of trust when you don't trust the person. So mm. if you trust that they're telling you the truth, you can get so much further. But yeah. If you go in not trusting somebody as a health professional, you are doing projection. You're doing...
0: You're abusing them. Yes. Yep, it's abuse. There's no totally. other way for it. Yeah, it's horrendous. And I think the other way that projection happens is that, you know, when you hear from someone, oh, look, you'll feel better if you lose weight. <laughs> I
1: think I'll that,
0: <laughs> think that's what the person's actually saying is I'll feel better if you yeah. lose weight.
1: <laughs> that's exactly.
0: The only thing that's, that's being reflected there is the person's level of weight bias. Yes. It's not concerned. No one can know how you feel better than you. Yeah.
1: And the evidence doesn't support that anyway.
0: Well, no, no, yeah. But this is all about diet culture and coming at it with all of these assumptions that are faulty.
1: Yeah, so, you know, fatness equals. Yeah, um, insert
0: stereotype here. Yeah. yeah,
1: but when you look at the research, it's saying something quite different. Mm, yeah. And we know some of the bigger issues have got nothing to do with weight. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, poverty is a massive one. Yeah, loneliness is another. Like, that's my little thing, my little you know bandwagon. That's is loneliness yeah. Yeah. is you know that lack of connection has such a massive impact on people's health. Yeah, we blame it on weight, and I yeah. think you know listening to your podcast with Zoe, you, you know that was brought up that loneliness and that isolation, and then when people are feeling that they're not able to manage their diet or that they're scared of cooking for friends, they start isolating themselves more.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: exactly what narcissism is about as well and abuse and toxic relationships. It's about isolating people.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Deeply disturbing. Yes. So point number four is abusers are pathological liars and very manipulative. Mm -hmm. And, They specialise, like an abusive partner will lie to you all the time about literally everything, point in case, like the doors. And if they're caught in a lie, they will never take responsibility and they'll end up twisting it around until it's back onto you. And they're geniuses at it. Absolutely. You you end up with even more self-doubt. Like like literally everything that's wrong is your fault. It's never them. And the weight loss industry like specializes in this, (laughs) in like selling us lie after lie and not taking responsibility
1: oh where do we start with that one
0: Mm -hmm. well it's telling us that it's selling us health
1: oh that's right yes
0: but it's not it's selling fear and it's profiting off how much we hate ourselves and sort of creating that self-hate even more and then selling us products that purport to fix it but they perpetuate it
1: well that's it I also worked in advertising and that's where I learned very early on, so that was a few years ago or more, that in order for advertising to work, the whole role of it is to basically create a problem and then sell the, the solution to fix it. So give someone a headache, sell them the Panadol to fix it.
0: Yeah. So this is, you know, creating the, of course we should hate ourselves if we're in larger bodies. And here's yes. our product, which can make it smaller temporarily.
1: Yes. Yeah. But they don't put the temporarily in big letters or, you know, no, of course not. lights. It's kind of hidden. And I think Weight Watchers is classic, is that they actually put that information out mm-hmm. and yeah. it's still selling the product.
0: Still the same, but just, yeah, different shiny package. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, if you pin them down, they will slither away like snakes and yeah. vanish.
1: But they'll just deny it. They'll they'll deny it. They can twist it and they can turn it to mean anything that they want it to mean.
0: Yeah.
1: And they do. They've
0: done it for years and they'll continue to do it. They profit from from literally making us so confused and always changing the rules. Oh,
1: you've got a classic one with when you look at a lot of these diet gurus, they move from one diet and they kind of merge into another one and then that transforms into something else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got Paleo Pete who's doing he sort of merged into low carb high fat then Uh it's sort of intermittent fasting Uh which is it they're not all the same but suddenly they're all together Uh and it's kind of like they're straddling every fence they can that's got to (laughs) hurt
0: yeah yeah so it's being everything all at once and just changing and swapping and confusing
1: Hmm. yeah well, they've got to keep themselves current because, you know, what we know about diet culture is it's not sustainable. But, you know, if someone's doing the same diet, it's usually not sustainable. So yeah,
0: yeah,
1: there's going to get a point where people will get the results and then not. And so they've got to have something new to sell them. All the time. Them on that merry-go-round, pulling out their credit card or their wallet and handing over cash. And
0: we keep doing it, yeah, because it's worth what six hundred and fifty million dollars a year in Australia, the weight loss industry.
1: Yeah, it's growing. It's something like one or two percent, and that doesn't include fitness industry. Yeah, that's
0: just the food bit, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, programs and products, not mm. actually the fitness aspect. So it's probably double that. So it's quite an insidious, growing, profitable area to work in.
0: Absolutely,
1: but it's undermining. So it's staying relevant and profitable because it's undermining its consumers all the time and creating and maintaining that toxic, abusive relationship.
0: Yeah. Oh, the more we talk about it, the more angry I'm (laughs)
1: getting. Okay, time for a breath.
0: (laughs) Breath. Okay, we're only up to point five. Using guilt, charm, hope, love, obligation, fear to get what they want. Oh, I love that. Yeah. their Abusers are completely focused on themselves. They don't really care about you. They will use any means of psychological and emotional manipulation to get what they want, to get their needs met. Your emotional needs are not important. And they'll play on qualities in you that are admirable and human. You know, for example, like you might have a real sense of loyalty Mm -hmm. and they will play on that because they know and they will use that characteristic in you to force you to stay in a situation that you know is not good for you.
1: Absolutely.
0: And um, once again, like the more they play on your insecurities time and time again, the more your self-doubt grows like a forest until you feel like you're absolutely worthless and no one else in the world would want you. So you're trapped, you're stuck to this Mm. person who keeps on playing on your insecurities. I kind
1: of get this image of you know, Doctor Who, back into Doctor Who days with the Triffids, you know, it's kind of like the Triffids are just kind of multiplying and coming and swallowing you up. That's just the image when you said the forest. It's like, yeah, that's what it feels like. You,
0: I know, and it gets you lost. You can't see the forest for the
1: trees. And no one can find you in there either. No,
0: and that's what, you know, diet culture does. It plays on our internalised sense of self-doubt and insecurity. plays it up deliberately Mm. to make sure that that we continue doing what they say so like guilt obligation fear like look at all the health campaigns look at the horrible grabbable fat campaign
1: that's one of my favorites
0: oh the way they use this guilt that like if you have a tummy you're an irresponsible parent who won't be there for their children Yeah, horrible
1: (laughs) and we know weight stigma You know, there's plenty of research now that shows weight stigma is harmful and actually has the opposite effect.
0: I know, but that is still... The go-to. Yeah, that's the go-to. And if we look at this in the context of an abusive relationship, they want to keep doing this. They want to keep making us feel guilty and fearful because it will keep us buying the products. If public health campaigns truly did care about health, this would stop happening.
1: Totally. And I think if people, but the greater community buys into it as well. So again, it's this magnified message that if you, and we always say don't read the comments, but when you read comments, hear these things repetitively used over and over and over. So you're getting a collective abusive relationship that we're a part of whether we like
0: it or not yeah because that's the projection right the projection that's coming from the stigma is intermingled with this tendency to play on emotion Mm. yeah we're just saturated in it they use charm like when you think about instagram all the lifestyle bloggers you know they're using charm they're using their charisma to kind of draw us in yes you think of using hope and love you think of people like oprah and what wasn't she talking about? There's a thin person inside her wanting oh, to
1: oh. No, stop it. Stop. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> oh, you know what? Usually in All Fired Up we're only focusing on one element of diet culture. <laughs> and today we're doing it all and I'm starting to feel sick.
1: That's okay. We're
0: we will push on. Push on confusion like we talked about the woo merchants like paleo Pete and yes. sarah wilson and david avocado wolf and they play on the confusion and the mistrust of modern science
1: but also they they add to it because they're not trained or qualified themselves so they're creating their own version of confusion to add to the confusion
0: which is what abusers do Yeah. Capitalize on confusion and enhance it and grow it. Yep, yeah.
1: This is your favorite the weird pseudoscientific approaches. Ugh. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Anybody? Yeah, so yeah, so this is another kind of you know playing on our own securities, but this the pseudoscientific one the ones who kind of they look sciencey, but they're not. So, like the people who do tapping or neuroslimming. Like all that stuff that kind of looks like it's probably plausible. So they're using their kind of credentials or authority in an area or, you know, a couple of really badly designed trials that have usually been done by them to justify their particular approach. Just so so annoying.
1: And again, a lot of these people aren't trained. A lot yeah, of them well, are
0: even if they are trained, they're trained yeah. in pseudoscience. <laughs>
1: What's the point? Which makes it almost worse, isn't oh, it? you know, they're not um, applying critical thinking, you know, they're buying into diet culture in a different way. And they're, yeah,
0: they're, they're capitalising
1: on the confusion. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, which yeah. is just as bad, which is, it's kind of that pack mentality, which, you know, if, if one person is isolated or one idea is bad, then everybody kind of goes against it because they don't want to be the one person standing out from the crowd doing it differently. So yeah. It really brings people in. So... You, you can see why a lot of this flourishes because it's, it's pack mentality It uses all of these things on people. And then they feel they have to buy into it to sort of try and shift some of that power from being a victim to being the perpetrator.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's getting on the wagon. It's all designed to play on our insecurities and get us to buy the product. Yeah. And that's what abusers are good at. And that's what diet culture is good at.
1: And, And keep people under their control.
0: Number six is abusers really like to agitate, provoke, argue, crazy make, and then pretend not to know why you're so upset. So they love drama. They love black and white thinking. They've got, kind of got like a Jekyll and Hyde personality. So abusers are often really quite extreme in their thinking, like it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And they're also just really unstable. <laughs> Very dramatic characters, like quite reactive and given to explosions and personal crises and stuff like that. And you know what? Diet culture is totally the same. When it comes to like things like black and white thinking, we've got, yeah, fat is unhealthy, thin Mm -hmm. is healthy. Fat is bad, thin is good. So that that is classic black and white thinking. And, like, my God, diet culture and drama, (laughs) the headlines, like obesity is a bigger threat than terrorism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) no it's not
1: (laughs) yeah I don't think there's been too many people blowing up buildings with their obesity
0: oh look I mean but the drama of these kinds of headlines like obesity I hate the word obesity but obesity in headlines is often compared to things like terrorism or natural disasters like tsunamis like a tsunami of fat people hitting our hospital wards. I remember reading one.
1: Oh, that, yeah, there's so many. Oh,
0: yeah. So much dramatic language. It's, it's horrendous. And all of that hysterical language when it comes to talking about body weight builds up this stigma and prejudice against larger people. And, and it builds this problem that doesn't really exist.
1: No. I'm wondering, too, with this one, do you see any... Correlation between, you know, if people are in that sort of toxic environment and abusive relationship, whether it be a relationship or diet culture, do you think that then becomes something that they start role modeling and playing out because of that frustration?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think when you're stuck in an abusive relationship, you start to model the destructive behaviors that are being inflicted on you. So, quite often, when I see a client who's in an abusive relationship, they come in because they're worried that they're being abusive. Yeah, and all that's really happening is this person is mirroring and acting out the, you know, the drama, the reaction, the anger, the frustration that, that has been inflicted on them. So we're like little sponges. We do get impacted and we do act it out. But I always say to my clients, look, if you're coming in and saying, Am I an abuser? You're probably not. <laughs> because another characteristic, as we know, of abusers is they never take responsibility. Yeah. They never question if they're doing anything wrong. It's always somebody else's fault.
1: Which is often why those that are the diet gurus are yeah, it. And they're probably never, you know, not many of them have ever really been in a big body anyway. Let's face it.
0: Yeah, no, they're pretty much, well, this is point number seven we've gone to now. Mm. Like abusers have a staggering lack of empathy and no remorse for their behaviour. They're sort of incapable of feeling real empathy for other human beings. Other people are literally just there to service their needs. And that's really true, particularly of psychopaths and narcissists. Yeah. And at, at times they might try like, to use the language of remorse or regret, but mm-hmm. they can't really do it convincingly or for long periods of time. And I think lack of empathy often comes from lack of personal experience. So I agree with you that I think a lot of the diet gurus have not had experiences of struggle with body weight that many of our clients have
1: and they've often come from a background of quite reasonable privilege as well they're certainly going back to poverty and isolation it's certainly those sorts of people are continually struggle in a lot of ways Whereas yeah. you've got someone like Pete Evans who has got the charm and charisma and same with Belle Gibson where they've risen to great heights very very quickly And with all the trappings that go with that, it's easy to believe everything that you say.
0: Yeah. Well, when you talk about Belle Gibson, she's there. We put her in as an example Mm. of how diet culture has absolutely no remorse or empathy because she pretended to have brain cancer and then pretended that her healthy eating lifestyle cured it. Mm. And then she was exposed as a massive fraud because she never even had cancer. And this person has shown absolutely no remorse or empathy. She didn't even bother turning up to court no. when, when she was charged. We saw the same lack of remorse and empathy in Pete Evans when his, one of his paleo books recommended a recipe for babies that it could kill babies.
1: Yeah, it would have had a high vitamin A, which is toxic.
0: Yeah, so very dangerous. And, but when he was exposed, there was literally no remorse. There was no, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. I don't want to kill a baby. I'll take it out.
1: No, he went not published
0: it anyway. <laughs> oh, and no remorse, no remorse. And a great deal, definitely, of privilege with people like yeah. Pete Evans in particular with his activated almonds. And, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is another one that's coming to mind oh,
1: with her very did.
0: privileged view of what health can look like.
1: Oh, that's mm. And sort of the language that they use as well, Michelle Bridges is a classic. So intolerant and so just really nasty about people in bodies that she doesn't like. You don't have to like them, but the nice that goes with it and then calls herself a trailblazer. Yeah. Michelle Bridges, you are so not a trailblazer unless you're taking people off a cliff into oblivion.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's much trailblazing about putting people on diets and displaying weight stigma. No. Yeah. So point number eight that we have is that abusers yell and name call, belittle, give the silent treatment, like quite quite verbally abusive. When you displease them, an abuser will punish you. You will be punished. And after Mm -hmm. that honeymoon phase, it happens. It's part of the abuse cycle. So if you speak up, if you object, if you speak your mind, you get belittled and quite literally abused and that tends to escalate as the relationship continues over time. And, gosh, doesn't diet culture love to do that?
1: Oh, at every turn, every single turn. And, again, it it calls the rest of the community in to join in. And it's something, I don't know whether it's something primitive within us that we seem to get some kind of buzz out of torturing another person, whether it be verbally or physically, Mm. and witnessing that. I don't understand that at all. I honestly don't.
0: Yeah. One of our untrapped community members was out for a walk and some random person just yelled an insult at her from a car. And this is not unusual. This is not the first time I've heard this. This is not the first person who's talked about this. It happens, like, on a regular basis if you're in a larger body.
1: All the time.
0: And, you know, what really infuriates me is when, like, I'm thinking about now the response from the health professional community is that this is being done for their own good like tough love yeah you know, or motivation like if if we do kind of what did Michelle Bridges say have the conversation then they will change
1: you know other seven points haven't quite worked enough so we just <laughs> drive it home with point eight. Oh, it's horrible
0: it's, it's so horrible. horrible and you know what The point of this yelling and abuse and put-down and belittling in an abusive relationship, the point of that is to get the person completely powerless and completely Mm -hmm. under their control. The point is not to get them to change. No. The point is to get them under control, and that's what we see in diet culture. When people are belittled and put down and yelled at, they are not empowered. They are not taking better care of themselves. They they are internalising weight stigma and self-hatred. And that's having a dreadful impact on health.
1: Mm. It's so not health. It's everything that destroys health mentally and physically and emotionally and even socially. It destroys mm. destroys so
0: much. It destroys mm. connection and kindness as well, you know. I think about Fitzbo and how dreadful the messaging there is that, you know, our bodies are kind of like under our control and we should always try to control them. Anyone who doesn't have that fitspo body or trying to kind of get one of those fitspo bodies is a lesser person. So it creates this division between like the us and the them, which mm. is, I mean, there's no room for diversity in conversations like that.
1: No, it's that, yeah, constant mm. competition, us versus them, me versus you. Mm. And no matter how they dress it up, it's still the same bullshit they've been selling.
0: Absolutely
1: playing bullshit and it's destructive and it's harmful it's a game we can't win
0: no yeah it doesn't matter like being mean to people just needs to stop it's not okay in a relationship with another human being it's not okay in diet culture it just is not okay so the last point that we have number nine is when you're in an abusive relationship it's bloody hard to get out it takes a long time for people to get the guts together to first notice what's going on to recognise that it's not going to get better and then to get out. You know, I help people get out of abusive relationships. And as a therapist, I know that this is not like a quick process. It can take ages. It can take a scary amount of time to go through all of those processes because when you think about it, it makes sense. I'm seeing a person who's so...
1: Absolutely.
0: They believe it. They believe they're not worth much. You know, they believe that they're dependent on this Mm. other person for their happiness. And uh, oh, there's just so much to undo. And I think one of the hard things that makes it particularly difficult to get out of an abusive relationship is that bit of letting go of hope. Because in any abusive relationship, Mm. there's there's this section of the abuse cycle where it sort of mirrors the honeymoon phase. So after, I'm going to use the term he, but it can be a she. But after he has been particularly abusive or aggressive, like really maybe verbally or physically, there will be this remorse period and it's surface remorse. It's a, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And, but it looks like a proper human. Like it looks like someone who loves you Mm -hmm. and they will love bomb you during that phase. And you know what? If an abuse cycle is like a hundred percent and 95% of the time they're horrible shits, but 5% of the time they're love bombing, that's enough to keep Mm -hmm. us there because, you know, we're nice people and we want to believe the best and and it's so nice when things are nice.
1: And in diet culture, that can be the freebies, the gifts, the add-ons, the discounts, the, you know, join with a friend, get one free, all these sorts of enticements.
0: Well, it's the dream as well. Yeah. I mean, diet culture love bombs us all the time. Mm. It love bombs us in its advertising all the time and we really want to believe that that's true just like we really want to believe that the person that we married can change for example we really want to believe that and a narcissistic abuser uses himself or herself their personality as a way to draw you in we've got a 600 plus million dollar industry who specialize in love bombing jesus yeah. <laughs> how do any of us get out right so yeah but you know what? In therapy, what I talk to people about is when they're ready. I mean, you have to be ready. But if you're ready, you need no contact. And I think that's what you were talking about at the beginning, that that's what you had to do with your family.
1: I had to. Survival.
0: And it's a hard, hard one, right?
1: Oh, so much <sighs> challenges. There's a lot of guilt. You know, it's essentially my mother and her sister were the biggest factors. And, and so you know, there's a lot of guilt that mm. gets thrown at you. And, and other people, without necessarily being intending to do that, but make you doubt yourself, that you've done the very thing that you've been fearful of, that you've been selfish or lazy or whatever it is. So yeah. it kind of reinforces your own feelings of when you were in that abusive relationship. Yep. So yep. can feel just as uncomfortable out of it.
0: Oh God, I it's awful. Because what you're talking about is like, yeah, you've internalized all this shit. <laughs> you mm. you totally believe that there's something wrong with you. So you're at your lowest point. You're at your lowest point. You're making this really difficult decision to pull back, and then people around you are not gonna are not supportive of you, and that can send you straight back in. It didn't. <laughs> no, but, but you know what? You're amazing for being able to withstand, like, for finding the strength and to be able to get out and stay out in spite of like, the gaslighting and projecting that you were faced with.
1: I did go back once, I have to say, and, yeah. and things oh, people were- People
0: do, people often yeah. take a few attempts, right, to get out.
1: Well, it was all that love bombing and, and you know, sort of, I guess, our own innate hope. Yeah. Hope yeah. That things will be better, different, and match the stereotypical fairy tale that we're presented and told from the day we're born. You know, whether that be diet culture, whether that be, you know, parent relationships, whether that be intimate relationships, whatever sort of relationship it is, we're given this fairy tale of how it's supposed to look and feel.
0: Yeah, it, it. it. And it's really hard to let go of the fairy tale.
1: Oh, because what else is there? There's no other story that's been written that gives you an alternative that, and that's starting to happen. We're starting to see alternative stories being presented, but it's not loud enough at this time.
0: Are you talking about alternatives to
1: diet culture? Yeah, like this yes. girl can and things like that. But it, it's still, I guess it's seen as nice, but the buy-in hasn't shifted that $600 million plus industry mm, mm, mm. to more body positive, self-accepting culture. That, no. That we're allowed to be individual, that we're allowed to look and, and be and do and have whatever yeah. suits us.
0: Well, just like, you know, people leaving abusive relationships may not believe that there will be another one, like that that it's possible to have a relationship with another human based on trust and respect and empowerment and growth, but it can. And that's the non-diet approach is all about that. So the non-diet approach is all about building just the most fabulous relationship with yourself that you can actually imagine. The very opposite Mm. to abuse, but your own best friend. And yeah, you're right. We're not yet at the $600 million industry. We'll never be that because we're not going to profit off misery ever. Mm -hmm. And when you really get through the process with the non-diet approach, you don't have to buy anything. (laughs) 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 You know? Yeah. So yeah, we're going to do ourselves out of a job. As I was saying to Zoe on the podcast about Weight Watchers, I want to do myself out of a job. I want there not to be an industry about how to feel okay about yourself. I want it to just be normal, (laughs) but we're not there. But this is such an important movement that we have because the abuse that's going on from diet culture is unacceptable and needs to stop.
1: I think what's really interesting is when you come out the other side and when you've had that bit of time and space, you can actually reflect back and recognise your own resilience resourcefulness yeah you know you're actually all the things that you were told were utter bullshit total you're, bullshit you're almost that opposite of that person that they've tried to make you believe you were
0: there was one sick um, person and it wasn't and it's, you it's,
1: it's quite right yeah and, that, and that's you know that's <laughs> oh, I'd say I, we're all probably damaged in different ways
0: oh, look, we're all damaged, but like damage is not a bad thing. You know, we're all affected, we're all impacted, we all carry our stuff with us, whether that be, you know, a lot of trauma or less, but we're all human. And if we can kind of choose that path of not buying into abuse anymore, the less we can expose ourselves to, the better. So I think the thing to take from all of this is how important it is to recognise when diet culture is abusing you and to try to enact like that no contact rule with diet culture does that make sense
1: it does yes
0: yeah so how can you do that
1: get yourself a community connect into the community untrapped is a perfect way to start (laughs) i know it's a plug but i i do love the program louise i really do
0: i know thank you No, community is important and I think like the anti-diet health professional community has been so pivotal for me and I know it is for you as well. And for people connecting to other people who are turning their backs on toxicity and abusive diet culture, you can't do it by yourself. No. And by definition, diet culture and toxicity and abusive relationships operate on your isolation. And as soon as you drop that, as soon as you start talking to people, their power over you fades. Absolutely. Yeah. So connecting and turning your back as much as possible. Like it it sounds so trite, doesn't it, to compare not going to Weight Watchers anymore to like leaving the guy who told you that the door was blue. (laughs) But it's the same thing. Yeah. And it's going to get you to a much better place.
1: Hurt is hurt, damage is damage, emotional abuse is emotional abuse. It doesn't matter where it comes from.
0: Yeah, that's right. And we do what we can to recognize it, to call it out, to resist it, to say, actually, you know what, this is not okay. The problem is not me. There is a problem, and it's you, and I'm walking away from you. Yep. Wow, thank you so much for this, first of all, for the list and second of all, like, for bringing your story and, and your vulnerability and your honesty to this.
1: That's okay. That was a rabbit hole. I didn't plan on going down, but it's... It, we didn't. It, it's, <laughs> it's good, though, and it, it's where community comes in again is we, we can do it with other people helping us and we can look at it honestly mm-hmm. call it out yeah. and stop it.
0: So we're going to put this list up for everybody to download, to share, to, to think about and give us feedback because, like, we've literally just written this down ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it would be really interesting to see people's thoughts on this and where people are at and how they're getting out.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kerry, for that amazing chat. And I'm sure we will be speaking on this podcast again soon.
1: No doubt. Thanks, Louise. Appreciate it.
0: Take care, Kerry. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. So what a
0: powerful episode, right? Thank you so much for Kerry and her wisdom and her experience in having that chat with us. And as we said in the interview, the sheet that we did, the points of how diet culture is similar to abuse are there for you in the show notes. So please download and share as much as possible and give us feedback. So I hope you guys are feeling okay after that episode. I know I felt pretty shredded after the conversation and needed a bit of a lie down. So please take good care of yourself, whatever you're going to do after listening to that. And get in touch with us. Give us feedback about what you think, about your opinions and ideas, because we love to hear from you. And if you love the podcast, I would suggest that you go to iTunes and give us a nice rating of five stars or something similar and subscribe and let other people know about us so that we can get this message out and protect and help more and more people untrapped from diet culture, because it's so incredibly important. And of course, Untrapped, our online program, is there for anyone who might be struggling with the injustice of diet culture and wanting a completely different way of learning how to let go of unhelpful stuff and embrace absolute self-care and self-compassion, from a really empowering perspective. That's what we're doing at Untrapped and I'm so happy to be a part of it and to have all the guides being a part of it. So I will be back next week with another enormous stinking steaming pile of diet culture bullshit for you. In the meantime, trust no one, think critically, push back against diet culture. Untrap from the crap.